A threat turns up from the depths of Japan's ocean and from Godzilla's murky past as the 1954 classic gets a final chapter. Toho looked to send the Heisei era films off with a bang before handing the reins over to TriStar. And boy, do they. Join us this week as we celebrate the Versus series once more with a final climactic battle. This is Kaiju versus History. Godzilla versus Destoroya. Welcome back to Kaiju vs. History. This is your nerdy nepotism baby of a scientist, Miles, and joining me is a rapidly mutating, legally distinct from alien sea creature, Patrick. Patrick, <laughs> how are you doing this week? Plenty of aliens have a smaller mouth that comes out of their big mouth. Miles, I don't know what you're talking about. Look, we, we have talked about consistently throughout this this era of Godzilla films. There, there are these loving homage slash 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 ripoffs of classic american science fiction films we've done jurassic park we've done terminator we've done indiana jones why not do alien and honestly <laughs> why not do alien when you're making a brand new kaiju yeah like well, i i'm I it, it's not alien it's very that. it's very specifically aliens <laughs> right but it was it was super up. exciting about that for this franchise because it, despite this new era we only get two new real kaiju mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. so getting well yeah. no I can, we get, if, if he, space godzilla i would call new but you know, it's wrong it's just godzilla with some crystals yeah but. yeah okay you you have a point space godzilla, godzilla is there yeah. um but really like i mean for, as far as the big bad creatures because we get we get batra as well but as far as like this is our two actual distinct marquee bad guys are our marquee like opposite of Godzilla creatures, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which I, I, I hope to see more of. Like I get wanting to see like in every era and certainly this is what everyone wanted to see in the MonsterVerse of, hey, I want to see a, a new modern version of this character that I love. And I yeah. totally get that. But I also like seeing some new stuff. Oh, the, the problem with this week's monster, it's it's too successful. I don't think you can really redo it very well with you know everything that is attached to it in this movie it's just it, it works out so good miles before we get started this week happy halloween buddy <laughs> this this it just so happened to line up pretty perfectly as our halloween spooktacular episode i think this comes out the day before halloween but yeah what better film to slot into that spot on our schedule than a very horror inspired take here in the the heisei series of godzilla yeah i mean the thing is you know we can joke about the alien riff riffs on this film but they do a, like unlike the other ones i will say this unlike the other <laughs> films in this era they do a pretty great straight job of taking what elements that worked in alien and implementing them in this movie whereas the other ones felt like kind of like goofy pastiches mm. for the most part this one's like oh no Alien was scary. Let's make this creature scary. And they do a good job of that. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's one reason why I like it a great deal. We'll talk about that. Of course, we are looking at the second 22nd installment in the Godzilla series, as well as the seventh and final film in the Heisei series. 
I guess. Despite the fact that the next era is in the Heisei era. <laughs> well, and I, I would say most people also consider the three Mothra movies as part of the Heisei series. They don't have Godzilla in them, but they're still they're, Heisei they are, films. They're, they, they are in the feel of the Heisei series, and they're before kind of the reboot of Millennium. But. Yeah, Godzilla does get the distinction of having a different era that applies to no one else. Even the, the solo <laughs> Gamera film that happens in 06 is still considered a Heisei movie. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, this film was released December 9th, 1995. And of course, we're talking about Godzilla versus Destoroya. Destoroya, very legally distinct from another word that exists in English. So. Yeah. So about that, Patrick, tell me, because we were talking about this before the the on air button hit. What's in the title? Well, so the monster's name is Destroyer in the international dub of the film they just say destroyer there's mm-hmm. no other <laughs> yep <laughs> ad- additional... saw my own eyes <laughs> there's no additional roy in there <laughs> i guess would or uh, row would would be <laughs> added to the monster's name for legal reasons they trade you can't trademark the word destroyer as easily in you know all these other countries across the world mm. so they made it the title at least of the the monster Slightly different from the word destroyer. So some of the alternative titles and, you know, are just different spellings of that. Destroya and destroyer are, are both alternative English yeah. titles for the it's, film. It, it's funny doing a little research for this movie. I had always assumed, and, and it's because I just hadn't read the interviews. I, I'm a big fan of the band My Chemical Romance. And mm-hmm. in their uh, album Data Days, they have a song called Destroya. And yeah. knowing that Gerard Way is a massive fan of, of anime and Japanese films, I always assumed that it was a, a song that was titled after the Godzilla monster. It's not. The song's about the a religious festival in India. And they that talk. That, 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 uh, the Hopi festival, I think. Right. right. It, yeah. So it, it is a word, you know, that probably has like roots all across the world in Japanese. They are taking the word, the English word destroyer. Mm-hmm. Which I don't think has, you know, an, another Japanese meaning, because in the script for the film, one of the characters says it is a destroyer or it is a, you know, I, I think they use that terminology to describe the the monsters at that point, the several monsters that are destroying parts of Tokyo. Yeah, that that all that being said in the film, they call him very, you know, specifically destroyer. And the the film's title is Destoroya. In Taiwan, this movie came out, I think, on at least one form of media as Dinosaur Empire, which is <laughs> just not close at all to what it actually is. Nope. In in Hong Kong, though, it was known as Godzilla: The Final Chapter, Deadly Battle of the Century. What a what a mouthful. Um, in Greece, Godzilla against Absolute Destroyer. So get some more, <laughs> <laughs> get some more accolades for Destoroya. Uh, Godzilla against Destroyer. Godzilla meets Destroyer in, in Poland and Sweden and in India. Very simply, the last Godzilla, as this was marketed and billed as being, I, I think they spoiled it even in the the run up to the movie, the death of Godzilla. Like this is the monster that is going to take Godzilla down. And it does, I guess, maybe not technically something else kills Godzilla, but, you know, Godzilla dies in this movie. And a lot of people very unhappy about that, Miles. 
Uh, yeah, no, I, 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 I was always kind of unhappy just as a fan with how that all shakes out. And I also, I think I mixed up, I think we maybe talked about this when we were talking about Space Godzilla, the origin of the, the Ghost Godzilla idea. I don't know if it had floated around or I just mixed up my my time periods. Well, no, um, they, they, they had a, a similar idea for Space Godzilla to make it potentially uh, in that movie as well. Like, okay, a, that's, that's a, what a I thought. Ghost white version of Godzilla and to be like the animus spirit of the 1954 Godzilla. And they, they went back to that treatment of Godzilla versus Ghost Godzilla when screenwriter uh, Kazuki Amori kind of proposed doing a final battle. Which, for, I'm sorry, for they just hear you say that Godzilla versus Ghost Godzilla sounds awesome. Sounds so yeah. much better than Space Godzilla. I, I, I mean, watch that movie. <laughs> I, I want a a white Godzilla that shoots like psychic energy beams or whatever. Oh they yeah. Had so bad. So much. Just uh, so just like a full <sighs> different, like color Godzilla, I think would be I, very I want to bring something up because it seems to be a point of contention about this era, because from what I remember, and I think you maybe have corrected me because it was just the 85 version mm-hmm. that says that, Oh no, it's not. It's not a new Godzilla. It's the same Godzilla just didn't die. Yeah. After I'm the pretty, Destroyer. pretty sure they only make reference to that in the American version. Is, is, is it just that? I know. I've, I think I've said this on April before. And I yeah. think I'm just I'm just a moron. Well, I, but and they, they talk about, I think, in other films, having a Godzilla that was killed in the 50s. This movie explicitly says that that Godzilla. Was right. Killed. And that's that's why I'm but, like, uh, also Lucy goosey with this concept. They also show it happening. Like we get a ton of footage from the original yeah, before Godzilla, so which is awesome. It this looks is great here. If if it wasn't for Miki and the psychic team, like this would feel like a, just a direct sequel to the return of Godzilla. In a lot of ways, this one is yes. Yeah. This uses a lot of footage from the original film. We even have characters related to characters from the original film. We we get it, to see some 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 characters return, but also hilariously, I hate when they do this. But they just take like production photos or scenes from the film and like frame and them. Put it put it in a frame. Yeah, <laughs> it's just, it always looks so silly. But they they do that in the movie, and we have legacy characters in this movie which we alluded to in the the introduction here but Kenichi Yamane is is in the film played by Yasufumi Hayashi who i believe is the grandson of Dr. Yamane in this yes. film yeah not yeah. not the son grandson yeah so so there's there's his returning characters were killed by Godzilla right i don't does that actually happen in the 54 movie or is that just alluded to here? I, I think it's, I, I think they just talk about it. Right. Right. So, I mean, right off the bat, I got, I just got to say like that concept in general of like uniting those two movies. It's amazing. And they do it like three or four more times in the millennium series. <laughs> like they take that mm-hmm. concept of like, there was a 1954 Godzilla and it got destroyed. And now there's another Godzilla. Yes, because yeah, the, the Millennium series outside of like two films is pr- pretty janky, and so each one claims to be a a direct sequel to the fifty four movie. <laughs> yeah, they just draw backwards, like unlike the Gamera Heisei series, which starts its own kind of new continuity, which I I don't prefer, but I think it is a good idea if you with, want to with make Gamera up being as series. I think with Gamera being as as kind of standalone as it was, 
in a lot of ways. Having <laughs> having you- something just like reset and just give you a continuity, I think is pretty good. <laughs> Can you imagine if like all the Showa Gamera movies were canon and then like one of the, the little kids is oh, like God. A, an old man now? It's like, I saw Gamera swing on a pole and, and fight a giant sword monster and we ran out of outer space. <laughs> <sighs> Okay, Grandpa, take your medicine. Yeah, let's go. <laughs> let's put you back to bed. Of course, you saw camera, Grandpa. Yeah, so I'm 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 happy with that. I I don't mind the legacy. The one thing I kept thinking about watching this movie because this is you know this was meant to be the final Godzilla movie for the foreseeable future. Yeah, um, they, I believe they, I think they had already inked up. Oh, they had plans earlier in the '90s to sell the rights to Godzilla to. Universal or another studio that fell through, so they kept making them. But I think at this point, they've already inked the deal with TriStar to make an American Godzilla, which is something they've, you know, film studios have been trying to do for decades at this point. And so they wanted to, you know, give, and but also I feel like the one of the reasons, and I am not speaking from any, any knowledge about this, I'm, I am just positing this. It, Mm -hmm. it felt like because of the way that the, budgets for these movies were shrinking and the limitations that were available to the filmmakers, the, the old tricks were not working anywhere. Like, mm. and it shows in this movie where they use some of the back screen stuff and it just doesn't look as good. And, right. and despite, and despite the fact that the movie still looks, you know, crackerjack, it's just like, they're doing the best they can with what they've got, but those tricks just, they don't hold up on screen the way they used to. We're, we're and, in a world where, you know, Jurassic Park has been out for like two years at this point. And right. The game has changed <laughs> because it's, of stuff no, like no, that. you were that's a that's a perfect example to bring up is is Jurassic Park comes out and you see this insane looking dinosaur in the in the well, all of them, but the T-Rex and the Raptors. And it's not that the, that the suit for Godzilla is bad. It's not. But no. what can be done with those suits are very different things. And 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 the special effects for the creatures. And and everything, I think you're right. The, the, the jig is up. So, hey, let's let, you know, a studio that will put millions upon millions of dollars into this. Let's see what they can do. What, and it, it's so funny because this movie, I think, might be the first CGI representation of Godzilla on, on film as well. And I wish they went practical for it. It's it's the meltdown mm-hmm. scene at the end, you know. Yeah, I I I, I agree completely. Doesn't look um, as good. And and so I mean, it, it sucks because like I mean, there's so many great effects in this movie. There's so much good practical stuff, but you can also see the chinks in the armor. You can see that these movies are just you know, this is 1995 at at, at this point when this mm-hmm. movie's released. So the fact that these movies aren't looking any better, it I can see why they would want to close close it down for a little bit yeah and, and really not that long which is the funny well, thing well because that that's because it was a reaction <laughs> to what came out in 1998 i think i i uh, spoiler warning i will take this over the cgi 1998 well, any day we, we will we will talk about that in probably a few weeks what i want to in the production history that we're, that we're talking about here really bring up is what i think is probably one of the most in factors important factors making this a timeless classic of a Godzilla film besides the script, besides pretty good actors. We have Akira Ifakube back creating a score for this film and really showing up in a way. I don't think he has for even some of the other uh, films that he scored in the Heisei series. I think 
he has built upon his Godzilla kind of repertoire in almost every film. But this one takes so many of those amazing scores from the 50s and 60s and really enhances them and changes some up, changes some up in interesting ways. One of the things was very interesting in reading about this. There's tons of interviews from the time, but they show scenes from the end of the first Godzilla and they have a different score for them in, in this movie. Cause you know, there it's kind of like a montage of the destruction of Godzilla at the, the end of the movie miles. This is like one of my favorite Godzilla soundtracks of all time. It's, it's just, it's so good, man. It just, it's, it absolutely sounds like, the, like someone showed up for work. Like I yeah. had a complaint about a lot of the Heisei soundtracks for several of them. And it felt like everyone kind of understood the assignment. And I mean, not only having Eva Kube back, but I, I, I like that there was, there are, there's new pieces of music in this and, mm-hmm. and legitimately new pieces of music and remixes of old pieces of music in a cool way and, and reversing it sometimes. Mm-hmm. Like there, I, I just felt like this is the first time in a while that someone actually sat down and was like, yeah, we're going to score this baby. It is amazing. And, and the story behind it is he, had retired from making these soundtracks like multiple times, <laughs> but Ifa Kube was convinced by producer Tomiyuki Tanaka to, to come back for this because of, you know, he gave him the script, told him about the connection to the original 1954 movie and how important it was that his music kind of put that movie on the map and, you know, pulled out his heartstrings saying like those two were really the only members of that original 1954 Godzilla film that were still alive and still making these movies. Tanaka producing, of course, and Ifakube, you know, looking to to score them. Ifakube at this point is like 79 years old. So I mean he's he is well earned in his <laughs> retirement, but comes back for this one because of the script, because of the, you know, connection to to that original film. And also because, you know, they're celebrating Almost 50 years at this point of Tanaka working with Ifakube, who Tanaka gave him, you know, one of his first film composing jobs in 1947 Snow Trial. So there's a lot of history in just the the creation of this film's soundtrack. And if you go back like and just listen to the soundtrack itself, it it does follow a story itself in, in a pretty amazing way. Because it's not just like single tracks, but there's also movements between scenes in the film, which which I enjoy a great deal. And yeah, all the monsters kind of have their own sounds. Of course, Godzilla has very iconic music for him, but we get new tracks for Destroya. We have kind of new musical suites for I, I forget if they're calling him Godzilla Jr. in this movie, but the the young they, Godzilla in the film. they call they they call him the little one a lot. They do they do call him Godzilla Jr. at some point because he's bigger. Yeah. And but a lot of times they just say the little one, the little one. Yes, the little Godzilla is alive. You you mentioned some of the the special effects for this film, the budget being increased from Space Godzilla, but special effects director uh, Kawakita noted that the the film budget was also slashed kind of late into production as mm-hmm. well. And there's a few, very few, it's definitely not as bad as versus space Godzilla, but there's scenes towards the end where they have to show dozens of the destroyer creatures and they're like small 
uh, I, I guess like crab-like forms. I, I don't know right. what exactly all the different forms of Destroyer are called. And they just use the toy models that they developed for for the movie. And, you know, <laughs> they, they have like no movement. So they're just kind of like shuffling about on the yeah. on the miniature set, which, you know, th- those scenes are never more than like a couple seconds long. But it, they're just so jarring when they then cut to a pseudimated version of of the monsters, which look amazing. The oh boy, uh, I, I love all the the pseudimated versions of Destroy in this film. Any any aspects of the the technical aspects of this film you'd, you'd like um, to break up? Something something we haven't chatted about? Yeah, I love Burning Godzilla, and and this is proven no matter how anyone feels about the the product itself. Burning Godzilla is pretty popular as far, a visual thing or as a toy, or even in Battle Line is used. Burning Godzilla is a separate character, and it's just a great visual. I I I would be very much interested in seeing the original vision of Godzilla being luminescent that they had because they're like, Oh, it looked too unnatural. They coated the the suit with luminescent paint and reflective tape. And I'm like, yeah, but I bet it would have looked cool because mm-hmm. if he's kind of doing this like radioactive glow, as opposed to just burning, I think it would have looked awesome, but I, mean, I do love the kind of meltdown Godzilla look. Just the concept is amazing. Is this the first time that we've gotten the idea that, Godzilla's like internals are basically a a nuclear reactor. Yeah, and they they kind of play loosey goosey as to what happened. Like I know they mentioned like oh there was there was some sort of fusion experiment and Godzilla got affected by it. Um, is what I that that's the beginning that. of the movie. Yeah, is is a neutron. No, what what is it? Is a, a plutonium like accident at sea that kind of awakens the the burning Godzilla. Yeah, Re- reacts with Godzilla in the same kind of in the same way that he was originally burnt to to create the monster that also sets off, although we don't see it, Godzilla Jr.'s transformation into a Godzilla like monster, because I think bef- you know, before this movie, he was still just a Godzilla Saurus. <laughs> you know, there was. Yeah. Was not and well, there's also a point where like Godzilla seems to like be giving him his essence or something. Yes, um, it's, it's very like, Spock. Remember me? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that, that absolutely. Seems... So th- there, there is that aspect to it. Um, although whether or not the baby is going to have the same temperament as Papa, we don't know and never will. I, um, I, just, I just read the Kaiju Preservation Society book, and that is mm-hmm. like a main factor of of that book. Is basically <laughs> all all Kaiju are giant walking nuclear reactor. That, that's yeah. a book by John Skelsey, and that that's like one of the main points is they're super dangerous if they go critical, you know, just like a, a, a nuclear power plant. Yeah, because they they mentioned in two different scenarios that if Godzilla melts down and explodes, it's a world ending event. Well, it's like both sound equally bad. One is he explodes and the, the planet is, you know, burnt to a crisp. And the other is he he implodes and the planet is you know like dragged down into like a black hole almost yeah. and they have cgi <laughs> and uh, yeah they have these great great models that show the the predictions of what would happen and you're just like <laughs> what is going on it's pretty pretty crazy no go- getting back to burning godzilla though the way that they achieved koichi uh, kawakata the effects artist for this film achieved the 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 final idea is stringing together orange light bulbs 
putting them on the suit and then putting semi-transparent vinyl plates over the existing suit. And I believe they, I mean, these aren't like battery operated. I think they still had a, a line, a power line going into the suit, which Kim Pachiro Satsuma, the suitimator, the, the actor in the Godzilla suit did not like because it added a lot of, a lot of weight and supposedly added some carbonic acid to the suit, which nearly suffocated him. Ooh. several times in the production so he he suffered once more for for art in this film but the final look looks great i think whenever they do something on the suit like they they added in the heisei year um series the you know using his atomic breath with the the light up dorsal place and things like that whenever they can do that not in special effects afterwards but do it in camera it looks amazing and Burning Godzilla is the same way. Yeah. Let, let's talk about Destroya, the Sumatian, and the many forms of that monster, Miles. What, what do you think about Destroya? I, I'm i a big fan. I, I like that they kind of, you know, when we talked about some of the unused kaiju that have, you know, almost popped up in a movie so often with like demonic designs. Um, was it Bagan. Bagan. Um or or bagging whatever gone gone <laughs> yeah I like the idea of using kind of a a demonic look and they nail it with destroyer like I I love the look I love the alien ripoff crab things I love the kind of medium things and then the full on <laughs> like demon version they I think they all look great yeah I mean technically we get like five different looks for. The monster in the film like first like a, a microscopic uh, i'm looking at the wikizilla article now what's known as the crawl form and then in the aliens ripoff in the first end of the first act of the movie the the juvenile form where there's like dozens of them and once they start forming up together it gets there's another walking form called the aggregate form which has got like kind of two big spider legs added on to the juvenile form there's a flying form of the monster, which we actually get to see a good deal of. It it does some some aerial attacks and drags Godzilla across the, the airfield towards the end. But the final form, when all the destroyers form up and we actually get a, a walking, pseudomated character, is one of my favorite designs of, of Kaiju of all time. I just I, I love the the final form of destroy looks great absolutely looks phenomenal looks so good it it does the <laughs> does the almost same shoulder paldron spikes that space godzilla has but i think does them a lot cooler and the mouth doesn't have that like weird phallus hr geiger like uh spout so it looks a lot cooler right. <laughs> just it's it's a full upgrade the face that now that i'm looking at it kind of looks like a gremlin you know yeah, the, the a little movie. bit. It kind of looks like Spike from Gremlins. And it has a unicorn horn. There's just so many cool things about it. It definitely looks a little overly done, but like this is a final form of of this monster. And I mean, it, it just it looks great. I love it so much. Miles. Yeah, it's a fantastic looking creature. And I would say we don't get a, enough of the the final form, but that last the last battle in this movie is like almost a half hour long. It is yeah. a huge part of, of the film. The The movie itself is a, sh a hair under two hours. Is that right? 
it's 103 so an hour and 43 minutes so about a, a third of this film is that final battle between Destroya, Godzilla Jr., Godzilla. Yeah. There's there's a lot of action in it. And yeah, yeah. We, we talked a little bit about the, the, the cast, the crew for this film. Were there any standout performances or, or actors that you, you'd like to, to, to? Yes. I mean, obviously, we have Megumi Odaka. Madaka as Miki again, and she's given a little bit more to do. I think I I like her as an actress and I like the idea of her character, but she has not been consistently written like at all in this series. <laughs> and she's also like she feels like she's almost the antithesis of the character. She's been a little bit. Uh, but yeah. yeah, she's still she, she's still worried about the baby, but like she's very much more of this kind of strict character as she was always a little bit more, you know, played by the rules. Even though she doesn't have a lot of role of of a speaking role, I thought Saka Sawa as Meru Aza was she has a great presence. She's like the the other psychic girl. Yeah, she's kind um, of that, got the 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 naivete that Miki has in the other. Yeah, movies. and because she's she, like the new member of the G Squad and is an American. Has, do what? She's an American in the film, so she's kind of like a transplant to Japan. Yeah, I I just thought that she had she had some sort of on screen charisma that just always like made you look at her like she just had something about her that I I thought she had a great on screen uh, chemistry with Odaka. I I really liked her a lot. I thought Yamane could have been written a little bit better. Like Mm -hmm. at a certain point, it's just like he's there and. I mean, people are listening to him, but even the even the person who brought him in is like starting to question why I brought here to begin with. And I'm like, yes, yeah, so am I. You're talking about the the grandson. Can, yes. Can Yukari Yamane. Yeah. Yeah. And then he also has a sister who's a newscaster who we, yes. we don't really see see a lot of. But they're the, you know, the, the legacy characters in. in yeah. And, you know, she's at often points feels like she's in a different movie. Yeah. Yeah. They, they have their own little kind of mystery about Destoroya that they are solving. And then the G unit, of course, are trying to deal with th- the imminent destruction of all life on planet Earth. So they have very different tracks that right. come up towards the end of the movie where they just decide, yeah, we're going to have to kill this Godzilla like we did the original one. We have to use now it's called micro oxygen, but very similar devastating technology to the the auction destroyer in order to kill Godzilla so Godzilla doesn't go nuclear or implode or whatever he does in their in their CGI uh, <laughs> readouts lots going on lots going on in in this this film one thing i want to point out was Momoko Kochi who plays Imiko who was our our returning Actress from the original Godzilla has a great uh, small scene where, you know, she talks about the sacrifice that Sarazawa made in, in the original film. And that that was great. I just I, I, I love the, the callback to the original yeah, film. And, and I, I 100 percent agree with. I mean, that's the thing is that there is a there is a loving homage to the original film and what it's meant that really helps add to the gravitas of this film. Well, it's like, yes, you are getting a monster mash, but there, there is something behind it. There is, there's an emotional core of this movie and to the monsters actions, like mm-hmm. to is going to be just as bad for the world as Godzilla exploding. 
yeah. with his oxen destroying powers and we've seen what what that creature can do yeah to, um, to a fish in a fish tank it's not good <laughs> yeah i mean it's poor, it's, poor yeah, fish it's the, always getting getting the it, raw end the, of the uh, stick yeah it's the oxen destroyer so like it's it's rough so well the stakes it, are are there and it's a it's a it's a good bookend for this this franchise i just it's not something that happens very often in these films that they bring back an actor from a previous film in the same role. Obviously, we've gotten plenty of actors returning to to subsequent films, but playing brand new characters, you know, even in the Heisei series. But the only other time I could really think of this happening was Dr. Yamane himself being in the Godzilla Raids again or, you know, the second Godzilla film as as the same character in, in, in a very small role. But it's something that I wish they they did more often. And I, I, this, I this movie. Agree proves that it it works you can you know make those those connections between characters across the the decades oh <laughs> uh, right i mean there's maybe too many to even mention miles but do you have a memorable scene or something that works for you extremely well something that stuck with you about this film I mean, that basement sequence is excellent. It's very alien or aliens rather. I yeah, mean, they, even, they, even the fact they have the, the rate, the, 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 the giant gun that swings around, <laughs> swims around and yeah, the, the, the radar the, blips, the radar um, blips is, is pretty amazing. It's, it's a, uh, it's a little more than homage in some parts. No, 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 <laughs> no, no, no. That, that that, that's no longer an homage. That is straight up lifting. Also the super X project should be freaking scrapped. I like I actually like, like the X3 in this I, film. No, the X3 is like the most useful of all of them because yeah. the 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 uh, cryogenic lasers actually help. But yeah. like otherwise like when that thing propped out, I just rolled my eyes. I was like, "Oh, here we go again." I will say like the miniature set they built for the the planes like ascension through the building and then takeoff, that looked really good. There there's some it does. some aspects of it where flying it definitely is like oh here's a little miniature flying through the air but i was surprised with how much detail they put into that part that whole sequence of the x3 the super x3 whatever it's called taking off was 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 pretty awesome and they do it multiple times there's you know obviously multiple missions that they have to do and execute to keep godzilla's core temperature down in this film which is a interesting kind of subplot Mm -hmm. favorite scenes for me i I mean, the, the final scene that that caps this movie and the series off of Godzilla melting down, completely dying and his like life essence and maybe tied to it, the, the radiation that he was emitting that was going to basically kill Tokyo, like destroy Tokyo completely because it was it was there was so much of it, all that being absorbed and helping bring back Godzilla Jr., bring him back to life. Is great. The music is great in that part. The the very ending of the movie and 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 Miki and all them's re- response to this, like she senses Godzilla Junior before they can even see him. Like she re reestablishes that psychic connection, which is you know something she said in this movie. She's like kind of aging out of. Like maybe that's like just a power when you're young. She says like her connection to both Godzillas is like weakening as time goes on. Right. But yeah, like it coming back and she just she gives a great performance in this movie. Finally, the something for her to really kind of sink her teeth into uh, Megumi. Um, 
this movie did very well when it when it came out miles but it's one of those it's one of those things it did so well they you know if they hadn't sold the rights to tristar i'm i guarantee there would have been another film like the next year (laughs) if if they hadn't this has believe it or not a 100 critics rating on rotten tomatoes right now and an an audience score of 92 percent, which are both the highest scores for any godzilla movies including the originals including the the us ones i I believe um making this really in, in a lot of fans and critics eyes just like the best godzilla movie of all time I mean, uh, it, it is certainly deserves to be in the conversation. I, I have I have trouble uh, going back and forth uh, on on how I feel about the movie. But I mean, it's it's always in in high regards. I know this is like your one of your favorites easily. <laughs> and I think part of it like this movie does end kind of on a, 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 a high note, because while Godzilla does get killed, he has passed his essence on to Junior. And we see like. Oh, there is that classic silhouette mm-hmm. and and roar oh, where backlit where, with smoke coming behind him. It's great so great shot. Great shot. And we don't know what what this Godzilla would have been like. We don't know if yeah. he would have been more like a Showa era Godzilla because the little one has always had a connection to humans and may not have even though he has absorbed some of the stuff, we, he may not have the anger that is associated with, you know, Papa Bear. We We just don't know. But I. It, it's a nice, hopeful ending. It makes the film seem a little less dour, especially ha- as gruesome as it kind of gets with these characters. <laughs> but like, I mean, because they have Godzilla have this like weird meltdown and we see the flesh melt away and mm-hmm, mm-hmm. all this stuff. And like, I'm not going to lie. It kind of bums me out every single time I see it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you're not alone because even before the movie came out, they erected a statue of Godzilla in Tokyo in Japan. And fans came out and turned it into like a mini memorial. So it would start leaving presents and things and and offerings to Godzilla. Because like I said, uh, I I put one of the posters in the 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 show notes for this film. And it very, very prominently says Godzilla dies in the in the 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 post. I think this might have been in a newspaper. So that that's how this movie was built, and it did not sit with, right with a lot of fans. Toho got a lot of. I, I don't know if you'd call it hate mail. The the way the Japanese do it, that you know, disappointing or disapproving letters would probably be a better way to 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 <laughs> characterize them. Begging the film studio to not let this be the last Godzilla movie, and they said. They had to make a statement about it, Miles, because there are so many people that were distraught about Godzilla's death. They said Godzilla would return in the new millennium, you know, like in in the years 2000, because they were thinking TriStar was going to make a trilogy of films, like one every two years, maybe into like 2002 or so with the their rights to the film. That obviously did not happen. (laughs) Hindsight's 2020 on that one. And audiences in Japan would only have to wait four years for another Godzilla movie, which I mean, maybe yeah, it was they, a they lot back then. The time. <laughs> yeah, they didn't know that at the time, but it, that's not a lot, a lot of time between films. I mean, that's how long was between Return of Godzilla and versus Bailante, for example, was I think four years. I, it's different when you're being told this is the last one. Yeah. So, but, and, and people tend to believe, you know, when. 
people say that kind of stuff. And I mean, I, I understand it because I mean, they weren't going to know that the, the film was going to do what it's going to do. Mm-hmm. And then uh, that Toho felt the need to, Oh, we got, we got, we got to write this ship. So I, I totally understand like the, the fan perspective. I get, I get that. It's a, a long running character. I feel like as time goes, people are been like much more cooler or understood. Oh, we're going to get more like <laughs> no, no one was making vigils when no time to die came out. No one was standing, you know, out in the streets of England, you know, holding candlelight vigils for James Bond. <laughs> James Bond's dead forever. <laughs> right. Like, like they now Toho was doing what a lot of people were doing in the 90s. This also happened with Freddy Krueger, where they they also said this character is done. And we yeah. held a public funeral for the character, which was bizarre. I, I, I blame Superman for that, because that was such a huge milestone of the uh, yeah. Early 90s was the death of Superman comic. Absolutely. It became very popular. I think that's, you know, just part of the zeitgeist for this. And, and what's weird, all of this was happening on the same time. Like, Freddy's Dead, The Final Nightmare, I think was mm-hmm. maybe maybe a year before Superman died or, or maybe around the same time. Yeah. But we were saying goodbye to a lot of franchises. So for Godzilla to do this or Toho to do this to Godzilla, like people took it seriously. Oh, we are we are done with the character for for the time being. Like, this is this is. They're killing Godzilla because when they ended the Godzilla series in the Showa era, Godzilla just swims off. Yeah. You know? Yeah. The, this I think one isn't is... the t- one of the, some of the posters around Tokyo just said Godzilla dies. Yeah. Yeah. I, I was just saying that's on the one you that's know? in the, the notes here. Yeah. But this one, I, I think, does end on a, a hopeful note where it's like, you know, if they bring back Godzilla in the future, it could have been Godzilla Jr. You know, and that's the, the next generation of Godzilla they don't do that. Like there's no film that is a direct sequel to this movie. Unfortunately, no, they, they all do what they want. And but then it I, ends in a movie that really does what it wants. <laughs> exactly. The millennium films are, are very, very different. You can pretend like it's, you know, stories based on, on that Godzilla junior, but unfortunately, well, not, the, but the fact is like, we have one that has Godzilla junior in it. <laughs> oh yeah. A different Godzilla junior. Yeah. Th- this movie, the legacy for this film is, is pretty intense. Uh, I mentioned critics and fans really enjoying it, but it has consistently finished in the top five Godzilla films and Japanese audience ratings since they've, they've really started doing them every year in 2014, 2021 uh, nationwide poll of Japanese fans. This ranked number three and in a uh, finish number four in a, nationwide poll in 2015 at the Godzilla film festival, uh, only behind Godzilla versus Biollante Godzilla, the original Gojira and 1960s for Mothra versus Godzilla, which are three movies that I gave a 10 out of 10 to. And I, I'm, I'm very happy to be validated <laughs> that all those are some of the best ones. This one though is is one of my absolute favorites. It's also one of the only films to top the domestic box office in Japan for that year. The other being Godzilla versus Mothra, and one of the reasons why they make three Mothra movies after this to try and really tap mm-hmm. into that box office. I've spoiled this long enough. Can we get to the the rating of? Uh, it's a personal ten enjoyment, ten out of ten for me. I think. If I can only watch two Heisei series films, it'd be Biollante and this one, obviously, my two highest rated. But if I can only watch one film, it would probably be this one just because there's I mean, it is there's so much more action and there's so much more 
buildup to to this film and connections to the original Gojira film. I love Bailante. It is a great movie, but I think this one is just spectacular on a on another level. They're both 10 out of 10s for me, like I said, but yeah, this one one really stands out and it has I think some of the best battles and and destruction in 40 years of you know this giant monster doing versus battles since raids again. So yeah, easy 10 out of 10 for me, Miles. What about you for personal enjoyment? Don't let me down. So I I very much do enjoy this movie. I think it's great. I definitely think it is in the upper echelon of Godzilla films. It's it's not my favorite, but I do think it's great. I think it's actually I think it's better than great. This is one that again that you see I, I mentioned before, you know, I was able to see start seeing a couple of chinks in the armor in terms of the visuals. I do have a couple problems with that third act in terms of the just it get a lot of the logic gets muddied and I'm like, wait, what's mm. going on here? And so it, it does kind of confuse a little bit. That said, it still has a lot of emotional weight. It's still a great Godzilla film. You have an absolutely humdinger of a monster that to, for Godzilla to fight. So, I mean, th- this is a strong, strong film. It's it certainly would be in my in my top 10, probably my top five Godzilla films. So I'm, I'm giving it a nine out of 10. I think it's a, a fantastic picture. Uh, it's not a perfect fi- picture for me, even for my enjoyment, but it's still very high up there. Uh, what about your technical evaluation for the film? Yeah, for me, for the reasons I said before, like, again, like, I think that some of the characters could have been re- punched up a little better. And, you know, some of these older special effects tricks are just not working and it makes them look a little sluggish when you see some of the newer ones that do work really well and you know there's some awkward suit moments but other than that i mean it's still the the movie has a great overall script has an excellent concept of a monster the the actual design of the monster in its various forms is amazing godzilla looks fantastic the burning godzilla looks amazing I there's an urgency to the suit acting like I understand that he had a terrible time, but mm-hmm. it, it it actually translates to this kind of frenetic Godzilla who's melting down and it, it brings that energy on screen. It's definitely the most tued I think we've seen out of Godzilla, like the fact that you know that the monster is like in pain and not doing well, like it just translates, you know? Yeah, it absolutely does. And and so, again, because there are some things that I kind of mark for it, I'm not giving it a perfect score, but it's still getting a nine out of ten because it I mean, it's still just it hits home run after home run. So, yeah, some things aren't the peak. And there's a couple things to make notes of. That's okay. For me, the movie's not perfect. It still gets a 9 out of 10 because so many aspects of this movie are firing from all cylinders. I think the acting is great. I think everyone does what they're called to do. And yeah, it's just this movie is an exemplary kaiju film. I, you know, I was originally going to go with a nine out of 10 as well, but I'm, I'm bumping my score for the technical aspect up to a 10 out of 10 because even compared to versus space Godzilla, which similarly kind of got defunded the, the, the so-called rushed or like, um, you know, final SFX that they got to look so good, even compared to the previous film. I think this is some of the best miniature work in the entire series. And, 
you know, they try some things with CGI that don't work out great, but it's which like is why I have to dig it. <laughs> it's the first time that they do it, though, in, in this film. And I understand that it it definitely doesn't get very much better in the Millennium series, which I, I, I'm i going to ding them then when it happens, because like they've had like five or six years to work on those effects. But yeah. It is a bit of a slap on the face when they're trying to go for like a final film in the series to to start pulling funding in the the SFX towards towards the end of the film. But I think they they worked with that somewhat scaled back budget so much better in this movie. And I think you could just really tell that the entire special effects team really cared about making this one of the best looking of the films. The 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 fights are great. Um, the script is really tight and once again i hate to keep comparing it to versus space godzilla but that one was just so all over the place Mm -hmm. had a similar length but this one just moved so much faster in in comparison so yeah 10 out of 10 for me and for the evocative nature like i said this one really just struck a chord between some of this the the new action a reverence to the past film and it sets the stage for, I think, the entire Millennium series, which is almost every Godzilla movie after this pays respect towards the original Gojira film. Or, you know, the majority of the movie is based on something that happened in the original Gojira film. Like the the two Mecha Godzilla movies from the Millennium are, you know, th- that is Ghost Godzilla. That's Godzilla and Mecha Godzilla. Right. <laughs> like that is a, a whole point of that that film. So. I think this is definitely one of the most impactful films legacy wise in the 22 film year, you know, 22 picture uh, history of the the Godzilla series, because this movie is so well done that they don't remake it. Like we don't see another Destroya come up. They, they don't really do yet. Yeah. Yeah. They, they don't do the, let's kill Godzilla like in a final climactic series yet (laughs) again, maybe legendary is going to do something similar, but they haven't done that because this one did it, I think so well. So they, they take that, that same idea and, and reuse it, but not the, the raw emotion, the impact of this kind of event. And maybe because it was a little gimmicky in the nineties to kill off your characters, but I mean, it worked. It it got, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the Japanese writing letters to the studio and 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 leaving offerings at a shrine. <laughs> so yeah, for me this is this is a ten out of ten across boards. I, I was thinking about like I said, docking a point here or there, but because we gave versus Biolante a perfect score, I, I got to give this one a perfect score. And this is only my second, third perfect score. <laughs> I forget what we gave. Do we give Camera a totally perfect? Score last week. It was just last week, Miles. <laughs> I forget. No, I I did not. Yeah, I was about to say. I think we might have dinged it here or there. But what about you? What about your evocative evaluation of the film? So, <clears throat> I agree completely. I think this is a uh, superlative moment in kaiju history. I think this moment is very important for the character. I think it sets things into motion. Just the stuff behind this film and what it led to, and then what. At least after that, like this is another film where like it's the catalyst for so much in kaiju history that without it, I don't think you have the same impact for this era. I don't think I mean, you still have the the, the American deal mm-hmm. and you still have 
possibly what comes after. We I don't know because this was so popular. Like it 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 kind of leads to the idea of like, hey, if you make great great Godzilla films, people will come see them. Well, that's not true. Biollante didn't do that great, but. I, I think that this exemplifies, I said this earlier, this exemplifies to a T the best of kaiju cinema. I think it's a must-see for anyone who is remotely interested. Like I said, it would be in my top five of like, hey, yeah, these are the five Godzilla movies you should probably check out. This is excellent. D- despite any of my gripes in terms of that, the evocative nature mm-hmm. of it and what it does for kaiju cinema, it, it is absolutely a 10 out of 10 there. I do not disagree one bit. A banger is what we we call these a technical banger. <laughs> you, you had me worried there because I think if you had gone any lower on that one, that would have dropped our podcast final score down down a full point because we we just round to a to a whole number. That your your final scores kind of rounded up is a is a little bit over a nine, mine are a ten, which means the the podcast final is a ten out of ten for Godzilla versus Destoroya, our fourth. 10 out of 10 Godzilla movie, I believe. Oh, then I'll change my Locked on Nature to an 8. No! <laughs> I'm, I'm teasing. Yeah, uh, yeah. it's our fourth. Godzilla versus Godzilla. Biolante. Godzilla versus Mecha Godzilla was a was a 10 out of 10. Of Go- course, yep. Uh, original, original Gojira. Should have been Tremors. Well, it should have been Mothra versus Godzilla. I gave it a 10. You gave it a it should have been Tremors. Should have been Tremors. <laughs> you didn't give Tremors a 10. <laughs> Did I not? No, you gave it a 9. <laughs> oh. Uh, yes, but this is this is what a great send off to the Heisei uh, series. I'm I'm hopeful that Mothra trilogy can capture some of this energy and we get some great Mothra films. It's been a while since I've, I've watched those, but yeah, I'm, I'm excited to, to, to visit. I think I've only watched two of them before. Mm hmm. They are. Um, they're very different. <laughs> Just put it that way. We got. We got. I, I remember that. With different but... eyes. <laughs> but yeah, boy, howdy! It's like this every single time I watch versus Destroya. But I'm ready to restart the entire Godzilla Heisei series over again and watch all seven movies like back to back. It's it is is my favorite, and yeah, in ending out the Heisei series. These seven movies are some of the like on average best rated for for us, you know. Mm-hmm. They just, but I, I think our lowest is still just an eight for for these these films versus versus Space Godzilla and oh, versus Ghidorah. I think we're both eights. Anyway, Miles, thanks for thanks for watching this with me. Listeners, thanks for listening. Where you can find us is on your social medias. Find us at Kaiju versus History. Our website is Kaiju versus History.com. And you can email us. We read our emails. I make Miles read <laughs> what what you send in. Email us at Kaiju versus History at gmail.com. It's it's we've met friends and fans alike through that email. So feel free to shoot us your comments. We'll read them here on the show. You can rate, review, comment, share our show with your friends. Let us know what you think. We appreciate that a great deal. And check out our letterboxed account. I set up the letterbox specifically because I wanted to share our reviews with with everyone and have them in a place where everyone can see them. And it does that very well in five star format. Where this one would be five stars. Destroy, you know, on our scale of 10 would be five. But they do have stars there, so it's basically a 10, 10 point <laughs> system. 
Uh, we, we've had some fans on our, our Twitter miles reaching out, telling them, telling folks in the Kaiju community that they should come on the podcast. And, and we appreciate that. I think Jared on, on the Twitter was, was talking to author James Robinson about oh, cool. us doing, doing an interview for the, the awesome nemesis series of books, which is going to be a, a, a TV series, I believe in, in very short order. So Thank thank you for reaching out to us online. That's that's gonna do it. What are we what are we doing next week? <laughs> My oh boy. So <laughs> thank you, Patrick. Thank you, listeners. And we are gonna catch you next time when we go on a psychic alien-induced postal tirade with an American film stitched together with bubblegum and dental floss. That's right. Tune in next time for history versus Zarkor the Invader. Zarko, Zarko.